Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. It's great to be with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are just days away from the new year, 5782. And very often when we ponder tshuva, the prospect of real change in life can feel overwhelming. And that's why I'm excited today to share a single key in today's podcast that can propel us forward during this time. It's a key that's integral to Jewish life, and it's something that we can all achieve. Now, if you're benefiting from the Torah Journey podcast and would like to support our work, you can boost our efforts by making a tax-deductible donation today. This high holiday season, Kesser Israel, our show, will welcome Jews of all economic backgrounds, regardless of ability to contribute financially. So just visit us at kesserisrael.org slash donate to help us continue serving as a resource for our Jewish community. That's kesserisrael.org slash donate. Thank you for your generosity. Like you, I've been watching with amazement as events unfold in Afghanistan and beyond. An image that struck me deeply was the picture of a family emerging into the Dulles Airport in D.C. in their Afghan dress. It was a father, mother, several children, and the looks on their faces appeared to be a combination of joy, relief, and bewilderment. They are among the few fortunate people who escaped, surviving the harrowing route from their home in Kabul to D.C., They have a long road ahead of them, but just think of the gratitude they must feel arriving on American soil after going through a journey that is nothing less than an exodus. As I pondered their picture, it occurred to me that the parents, who likely do not speak English, will feel gratitude every day for the rest of their lives, having survived this odyssey of escape. Their children, too, will integrate into society and will also feel that gratitude for having lived through these events. But on the other hand, as the years pass, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren may still have some Afghani identity, but the gratitude will fade over generations. The story will remain part of the family, but it will be hard to maintain that same level of appreciation. This description could apply to many peoples in many situations, and it helps us to understand a recurring theme in the Torah, the idea that from generation to generation, We give thanks for past events. It's a theme that's echoed in modern America through a holiday known as Thanksgiving. Last week, we read about the Israelite farmer coming to the base of Mikdash with his first fruits. And upon delivering these Bikurim, he would make a declaration where he would thank God and reflect upon Jewish history. A Rami Oved Avi, an Aramean sought to destroy my father, he would declare, recounting the exodus of Yaakov. He would then recount the extensive history of God's kindness from the exodus to the conquest of the land that made all of this possible. Our sages consider these verses foundational in the formation of the Jewish personality. After all, our rabbis placed these verses at the heart of the Magid section of the Haggadah, which we read on the Seder night. Why did our rabbis consider these verses to be so consequential? As the verse presents the declaration, Rashi elaborates that we proclaim these words of thanksgiving, 
so we should not be amongst those who deny the goodness of God. This simple comment contains a deep element of wisdom. A person might feel appreciative, even overjoyed, about his bountiful crop, and yet, if he does not walk to Jerusalem and express that joy in words, he is still a denier of the goodness. Only by articulating thanksgiving with words does the recipient of God's blessing leave the category of deniers and become one who acknowledges God's goodness. And so in this moment of Bikurim, the attribute we're called upon to achieve is hakaratatov, recognition of the goodness that God has bestowed upon us. The amazing thing here is that this farmer is living many generations after the events that he's grateful for, like the Exodus. And yet throughout the process, he goes back to the harrowing times of Yaakov and our forebears that led us to where we are today. The Rosh, a Talmudic commentary, writes that it's human nature to expose what is bad and ignore what's good. And in this sense, Bikurim, the first fruit declaration, is instructive of how to live. It's not enough to feel happy about the bounty. We have to express gratitude for the entire history of kindness that's led us to this moment. And we need to transmit that gratitude from one generation to the next. These verses highlight the importance of gratitude towards Hashem. Clearly, though, thanksgiving is foundational in human relationships as well. Gratitude is at the root of many mitzvot, such as honoring our parents. The Torah even remarks that the Jewish people owe the Egyptians a measure of gratitude for having dwelled in their land. And what's more, the verse in Mishlei remarks that Kamayim apanim lapanim kain lev ha'adam la'adam, like water reflecting face to face, so too the heart of man to man. When someone does a kindness for us, we need to reflect that love back to them. How we do or do not express gratitude in a relationship is consequential. In a marriage, for example, expressing thanks for routine things a spouse does can really be transformative. It might be natural to feel thankful inside, but when a person only feels the emotion of thanks and does not express it in words, over the long term of a relationship, the results can be devastating. On the other hand, when we express gratitude, we can rather quickly turn a situation for the better. Just 10 days ago, my family celebrated the wedding of our oldest daughter. And following the simcha, I called our cousin, Mosey Truhoft, our caterer, to thank him for the wedding. He was telling me that sometimes at a wedding, someone in the wedding party is unhappy, and that negativity can be felt throughout the whole simcha. The feelings impact the staff, and they're asking, what's going on out there? On the other hand, he said, we have events sometimes like yours, where both you and your mechutanim are thanking us the moment you walk into the hall before the guests arrive. When this gratitude happens, he said, everyone feels it. The waiters are bouncing off the walls, and everyone on staff feels the joy. This is what we felt at your wedding, he told me. And so gratitude is a powerful key that enables people to flourish. By being grateful, we can shape the world around us, guiding it to a feeling of happiness. And so one idea that emerges is that it's incumbent upon us to place ourselves amongst those who give thanks. As it turns out, there's even another level of thanksgiving we aspire to, hinted to by our very name as Jews. Usually as Jews, we are called Yehudim. This name comes from Shevet Yehuda, the tribe of Judah. The name Yehuda means modeh, or acknowledging and giving thanks. 
When Leah gave birth to her son Yehuda, she declared, Hapa'am Odas Hashem, at this time I will acknowledge God. And the Gemara in Brachos 7b comments that from the day God created the world, Lo haya Adam Shahoda la Baruchu at Shabasa Leah Vahodato. No human thanked God until Leah came along and gave thanksgiving. Now, this is a fascinating insight, but how can it be that no one thanked Hashem until Leah named Yehuda? What about Avraham or Adam or Shem and Aver? Were there not others who thanked the Creator? A solution may be that while others thanked God, Leah achieved a new level of thanksgiving that did not previously exist. She was so filled with gratitude that she did not merely thank God once. She established a child whose very name would be a form of thanksgiving in perpetuity. No one did this before her. And to this day, we're still called Yehudim, a name which indicates gratitude and acknowledgement. What emerges then is that there's at least two levels of gratitude to consider. The first is that at a minimum, we must express basic gratitude. In doing so, we remove ourselves from the category of deniers as we become modim, those who give thanks. But we can go beyond this too. As Leah teaches us, we can declare our thanks in a way that we create a permanent testimony to God's goodness. In all of this, gratitude is a key to success and happiness as the Torah remarks, And you shall rejoice in all the goodness that Hashem your God has given unto you. Because of Leah's act of naming Yehuda, we carry forward the name of Yehudim until this very day. Indeed, just last week, the Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, visited the White House. Prior to his meeting with the President, Bennett released a picture of himself wearing a talis and tefillin. Now, all leaders like to release photos. But this picture was meaningful to me because the image he chose was an expression of acknowledging God. What image could be more appropriate for the prime minister of the Jewish state than wearing talus and tefillin? It brings to mind King David who declared that he speaks of God's statutes in the presence of other kings. Every day as Jews, the moment we rise, our lives are filled with thanksgiving. Every time we make a bracha, we acknowledge the goodness of the Creator. This is our essence as Yehudim. And so as we're about to enter into the Yamim Hanorayim, gratitude is a single key that can lift up the entire experience and ultimately guide the next year ahead. And gratitude is a step that's achievable. There's so many things we can express thanks for to those around us, be it the Chazin Davin's Musaf or someone who prepares a Suda for you or some volunteers that help to take care of your show. This past week, my wife was speaking with an elderly woman, a Holocaust survivor, and she was telling my wife about her family's escape from Europe during the Holocaust. And she remarked that even during the most difficult of times, the end of each day, her parents asked her and her siblings what happened that day that they could be thankful for. This gratitude, this relentless focus in the good was a lifeline in the darkest of hours. So this new year, remember who you are as a Yehudi. Our name means that we recognize God and we thank. Take the time to see the small kindnesses of the Almighty and that people do for you. And kamayim apanim lapanim, as water reflects the face, so too may you reflect God's kindness, shining it broadly into our world. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey Podcast.